Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Matt Katz is the author of a brand new book titled American Governor, Chris Christie's Bridge to redemption and rather than share with you by me reading the very first line of his book i'd rather that you hear it i worked the cones actually uh, matt unbeknownst to everybody i was actually the guy out there i was in overalls and a hat so i wasn't but i actually was the guy working the cones out there you really are not serious with that question what happened no i haven't listen just because john wisniewski is obsessed with this and Loretta Weinberg. Um, It just shows you they really have nothing to do. Matt Katz says, I really was serious with that question. This is Matt Katz. Hey, Matt, give us the build-up. Paint the picture. What was going on there? There was was some some talk in New Jersey for a few months in uh, the, the fall of 2013 about a mysterious traffic jam at the busiest bridge in the world, the George Washington Bridge. And there was even a legislative hearing about it, but the governor had never been been asked about it. Uh, so I uh, raised my hand at an unrelated press conference and asked if he had anything to do with closing lanes that went to the George Washington Bridge. And he 
gave, as you heard, uh, what became a very uh, famous sarcastic answer. And it became famous, of course, because we found out that he was not out there uh, moving the cones to close the lanes. But uh, his deputy chief of staff had, according to an email, ordered the lanes to be to be closed to punish a local mayor. So uh, that a few weeks after that became quite a famous moment and a turning point in his career. Did you have any idea when you asked that question of Chris Christie how big this issue could be? I no. Christie had uh, been quite Teflon in his first term. There were various little um, scandals that would pop up or allegations that would pop up. Um, he there was issues related to the Sandy recovery and just a few months before that allegations that he had given contracts uh, to people he were he was tied to politically for recovery work related to Sandy and nothing would would stick uh, he would uh, it wouldn't get much attention there wouldn't be enough of a connection to him and I was just so accustomed to this guy being. Um, so indestructible politically and despite any sort of critical coverage he might have received that I just didn't I thought this was another one of these things that would pop up and then then go away and it would have gone away actually if Democrats uh, hadn't subpoenaed um, these these documents and if the person who had this email on on his server hadn't you know responded to the subpoena and turned it over um, if he had if this, that person from the from the agency that runs a bridge if that person had fought the subpoena they he may have won and um, the subpoena power that the Democrats had was actually days away from running out so it's very possible that he you know with a little stroke of luck here and there um, we would have never known about this and the governor would have never had any egg on his face about it. Uh, And that's kind of what I expected would happen, but it it didn't work out that way. Your book opens with that scene from the State House when, after winning re-election, you ask that question of Chris Christie and he gives what is now the infamous response. And then you end the book by getting far into the weeds on what really went on with regard to Bridgegate. The character in this that has always intrigued me is Bridget Ann Kelly, because he fired her. She was knee deep in it. Uh, and and he was very harsh in his public condemnation of her on the way out the door. And I always thought to myself, she certainly knows what he knew and when he knew it. If there were something on him because of the manner in which he fired her, I figure she'll speak or she would have spoken. The fact that she hasn't tells me, Matt, that he didn't have any awareness of the bridge issue before it took place. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. However, uh, and, and you, you know more about how these courtroom dramas play out than I do, but I, I mean, she's got a trial coming up in May. Uh, she has pleaded not guilty, and her, her lawyer, um, has, who's a very prominent criminal defense lawyer in New Jersey, um, is, has been coy about you know, the strategy that they're going to be using. And I, I wonder if she had... You know, uh, clearly, on one hand, if she had information to that could implicate the governor, she would have given that over to the feds, I'm sure, in order to cut a deal. On the other hand, she might have other information that just might give us pause about the governor. Maybe it's not indictable. Uh, Maybe it's not specifically about the governor himself, but about people uh, very close to him. So I, I, I do agree that, you know, there is no evidence that he planned this thing or knew about this thing. Uh, but I, I, I wonder if she has some more 
uh, information up her sleeve that would be revealed uh, on the stand come this uh, May trial if it helps her get off. You document the rise of Chris Christie. He was largely an unsuccessful politician before being named U.S. attorney, and it's because of his his yeoman's work on behalf of the the Bush campaign that he receives that appointment uh, on or around uh, uh, the September 11. But you document, Matt, that he was, as a candidate and and at the outset of his career, he was both pro-choice and anti-gun. I have no problem with individuals who change their positions over time because I'd be a hypocrite if I did. I just wish that he would be more acknowledging of the fact that he held positions then that he doesn't hold now instead of standing his ground. He's been a little bit more acknowledging of the gun position, um, saying that as he's traveled the country campaigning for Republicans, he's he's gotten a a broader view of the of the gun issue um, that as U.S. attorney dealing with uh, uh, criminal cases and illegal guns, he sort of understands the importance of the Second Amendment and the problem isn't isn't legal guns in the country. It's it's illegal guns. Um, so he, he's been a little bit more um, given a better explanation on his evolution on that issue than he has on, say, the abortion issue, which he he had been quoted in 1994 saying he donated to Planned Parenthood. At the time, he was pro-choice. He's explained that he became pro-life once his daughter was was, uh, was born. There's a little bit of question about the timeline, but there's also a question of why he said he gave to Planned Parenthood in 1994, but now says he was misquoted. He says he never gave to Planned Parenthood, and he doesn't understand why that quote got in the paper. And in a kind of peculiar uh, um, uh, coincidence, the reporter who wrote that story and quoted him now works for him as a spokesman. Um, and the, he says that neither of them remember exactly what the <laughs> quote was. So, you know, that is less plausible um, that he hasn't, you know, copped to uh, having made that donation or given a full explanation about why he possibly would have been misquoted on something like that. The you gun might- issue, though, I give him a little more leeway on the evolution. You write the following, the Christie personality seems to embody what the rest of the country thought they knew about Christie, even though he publicly refuted the state stereotype as personified by televised reality on the Real Housewives of New Jersey and Jersey Shore. He embraced it when traveling around the country. The governor didn't run from New Jersey. He became Jersey, playing the stereotypes for national laughs, owning it as his brand even as he disavowed that such a brand exists. I read that because I think your book gives a real good insight into what makes him tick. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer 
and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. What do you see playing out if Chris Christie does not finish in the top two in New Hampshire? He's clearly not winning Iowa. He's not going to place in Iowa like a lot of the other so-called establishment types. He's got it on the line for New Hampshire. And right now it doesn't seem like it's going to pop for him. What do you see him doing? I see him if if this doesn't work out, and I would I would disagree slightly and say that I think he could even come in third in New Hampshire and live to fight another day. I think he just really needs to beat Kasich and Bush; those are the two priorities. But if you know if if Rubio or Cruz were to be ahead of him and and, and Trump, um, I think he could make an argument that he's the the only governor in the race and that he has a has a place um, and has an opportunity to succeed. So, but but still, even that doesn't doesn't look very good right now. So assuming he's out after New Hampshire, um, I see two things happening. Uh, if there's a Republican administration, uh, if a Republican were to become president, I could see him as an attorney general. Um, I don't see VP in his future, but I think attorney general is something that he's qualified for. He was, he was attorney for seven years. He's sort of a law and order guy. I think that's a job he would like because there's a prominence and a, and a power to it. 
Um, if there's a Democrat, I see him running again in 2020 uh, against the whoever becomes uh, the Democratic president. He's got two years left in New Jersey as governor. I think he would go back to New Jersey, uh, try to build a little bit more of a legacy. He would, I think he would stay in that job. I don't think he would quit. And then I think he could pursue, uh, you know, 2020, try to run again. And if none of that works out, my off-the-wall suggestion for his future is like uh, a commissioner of a sports league. I could see him as NFL commissioner down the road. I think he would love that job. I think he'd probably be pretty good at it, too. The NBC, the Wall Street Journal, and Marist came out just this morning relative to New Hampshire. Trump 31, Cruz 12, Kasich and Rubio tied at 11, Bush at 8, Christie at 7. So five individuals ahead of Chris Christie in New Hampshire. <clears throat> I think part of my question was wondering, knowing that mindset, is is he the type who would know when it's time to pack it in? Or could you see him just holding on and ensuring that he's on the ballot in South Carolina, Nevada, and maybe even on Super Tuesday or the first Super Tuesday? I think I think the um, he's going to make a rational decision, and that's going to be based on what other governors are in the race. So if if Kasich and Bush are beating him, um, or have beaten him in New Hampshire, then he's got to get out. His his argument is that he's the only guy who knows how to lead, and he knows how to lead because he led a state. He, he likens these first-term senators to school children that they just you know do what they are told to do they you know sit around and talk all day they don't know how to manage anything other than a 30-person senate staff and if he but if you know he needs so he needs to be the the leader the executive the one with that kind of experience in the race if jeb bush beats him in new hampshire you know he doesn't have he can't make that argument anymore i mean he doesn't have anything to counter bush on um, uh, so, but I, don't, I think he would cut his losses and go home. I don't think he would embarrass himself by keep going to more and more states if he, if there's no chance of. Uh, I have success. to say, just one thing that I believe, and and having read your book and paid close attention to him recently, is I I seriously question his judgment in running for reelection. He knew he was running for president. He wanted to run up the score. He spent state money so that Cory Booker would not be on the ballot with him and then Mm -hmm. immediately left the state and has spent all that time. What, 171 full days last calendar year outside of of New Jersey. I have no problem with him wanting to do that, but he shouldn't be doing it on the public dime. He has uh, really done uh, very little in the way of governance in his second term. Uh, there's no major policy proposals that he's pushing. There's a missing seat. Um, there's, a, there's a missing uh, Supreme Court justice, empty seat on the Supreme Court. He hasn't even nominated anybody. Uh, there's number of uh, appointments that are, are in his cabinet that have not been made permanent. Uh, he, like you said, he's gone most days. And and his approval ratings have uh, are reflective of that. They're down in the low 30s in New Jersey. Um, even Republicans in New Jersey now think he's abandoned the state. So I, I do think there's something to be said for for what you just argued, and uh, I think it's something that people who are considering him for president could look at because it, you know, you, you want to see what kind of job he did and how he followed through on his last job before you give him a new job. Um, he, he makes the argument, obviously, that he can run the state from New Hampshire and, you know, he knows what he's doing now and he can, like, handle things by phone and Skype and whatever else. And he's got a competent team back in Trenton. Uh, um, but it's a, it's certainly a plausible question.
I think the book is going to have uh, a long life because he's a young guy, and whether it's this cycle or the next, I agree with you. He's got a lot of ambition, and I think he's uh, he's going to want to do it again, and this will be what people look to for an insight of what kind of a governor was he really. Hey, Matt, I wish you all good things with the book, and I, I really do appreciate anytime there's a Christie issue, uh, you've carved out this niche for yourself, being able to come to you, whether it's here or CNN, so thank you for that. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for the opportunity, as always, and for uh, reading the book. I really appreciate it. Matt Katz's book is titled American Governor, Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption. And it's a a good read and a a good tutorial on South Jersey, uh, pardon me, all New Jersey politics. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.